people think of a strong brand, they they think of some of the big names and whether it's retail or technology, you know, you could think of every every category we touch. There's there's some pretty iconic and strong brands out there. In your mind, what constitutes that strong brand? Ultimately, it's got to evoke some sort of feeling or emotion. Powerful brands, you know, are, are the embodiment of some of their customers. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. You know, people often, the refrain is that you never like talking about yourself or um, you know, people ask you some internal looking question or questions that make you look you know, at yourself and uh, talk about what you, who you are, what you do, the, those sorts of things. Well, we're, we're going to try to do that in the form of an entire podcast today with uh, our, our brand and strategy and communications team here um, on, on this episode of the Independent Thinking Podcast, because we've got our VP of brand and strategy, Mr. Rob White, joining us for uh, something we've joked about for a long time, but doing a Dos Rabos podcast. And we got a lot to dive into. The world of branding is something that Honestly, personally, never thought about from a, a communication standpoint. But um, when Rob joined the team a couple of years ago, it opened up the way we kind of think and operate as a, a communications and brand team. And this past year, especially, or, or the previous 12 months, we've had a couple of opportunities to play a, a really deep role in and important role in the rebranding and launch of certain brands here within Nationwide Marketing Group with the, the rebrand of Oasis and the launch of Ellipsis. And it, it's a really cool opportunity to watch the work that you do and the way you think about a brand and help build a brand or, or you know, relaunch a brand come to life. And, you know, from the, the teams themselves that we were working with to just the, the different exercises we went through to build a story and, and talk about the services and benefits, it's it's a cool opportunity to to learn about yourself while also rebranding yourself or or launching a new brand. So we dive into that with Rob and think about the world of branding for a retailer as well, why it's important, you know, what a strong brand looks like, how it can impact, you know, your business as well as the customers that you're trying to attract to your store. And um, what better time than now? There really is, as we come to find out, there's really no bad time to be working on your brand, but especially with the market the way it is and, and some of those challenges. And now is probably the best time that you could be working on your brand and working to build those connections with your customer and um, you know tell that proper story about who you are as a business. So, so much to dive into. And um, for as much as we say, you know, it's tough to talk about oneself or what, what you do and your work, uh, really cool opportunity to do so. So appreciate Rob doing that. But Let's jump into it. This is Rob White, our VP of Brand and Strategy here at Nationwide Marketing Group on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we couldn't officially rename it, but the Dos Rabos, are we allowed to say that? <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> like, can we do that? Is that okay? I don't think it's trademarked. It no, might we can, right. <laughs> somebody's idea, but yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't, you know, the, an old podcast that used to exist in this space, but, uh, you know, the, the Dos Rabos podcast, we, we were going to have it in Cabo. So, you know, it would have right now, this time of year would have been great, <laughs> you know, to be in a warm, warm climate. Oh, man. But Mr. Rob White, appreciate you jumping on our VP of brand and strategy here at Nationwide Marketing Group. Um, 
First time I've had someone from our team, I, I think, on the podcast to talk. So this is different. <laughs> it's like usually I'm like introducing the people and being like, well, tell me about I want to learn all about you. I feel like I know about you, <laughs> but, but our audience doesn't doesn't know about you too. You know, so some may, they may know the name, obviously uh, familiar with you in this space, but I'll give you that opportunity, right? Kick us off and tell us a little bit about who you are, your background and, and path to Nationwide. Sure. Well, First of all, thanks for having me. Um, it, it's excited to be on the pod. I'm excited to be on the podcast. And obviously excited to be the first one. Um, I don't know if that was done because like you, you, you I've been like avoiding you this. No. <laughs> 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 um, so for me, I mean, geez, where, where to start? Um, I grew up in a very small town, middle of nowhere, Illinois. Um, and you know, you don't grow up in a small town without really developing the passion for the people, the community, local businesses, right? And so, um, you know, I left my small town, joined the army, eventually went to college. Um, after grad school, I, I found my way to Whirlpool Corporation. So, obviously, that's where I cut my teeth into this industry. Uh, really, just cut my teeth into you know corporate America, the brand world, marketing world. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in a rotational program. So I did a little bit of everything there from uh, category management, brand management, product development, sales, marketing, product marketing. Uh, I eventually uh, found my way to Nationwide. I was working on the shopper marketing team, handled the retail business for Whirlpool, as well as the builder business. And obviously on the retail side of the business, worked with, you know, everybody, AVB, Natum, um, Neco, and of course, Nationwide. And, you know, very fortunate enough three years ago, um, you know, to come over here to be part of the Nationwide team. And it really gets me one step closer to those local businesses that, you know, I really hold near and dear to my heart. Oh, that's awesome. What is it, you mentioned going through all those different areas of uh, the Whirlpool business. What about branding stuck? Like what made that stick for you and um, kind of had it be the thing you wanted to put your passion behind? Yeah, it's a great question. Like, I, I love the connection um, to the consumer, right? And, you know, in, in the branding world, right, we're really professional storytellers. And you're supposed to translate your products and services into a, to, to a message that resonates with the consumers. And then, you know, ultimately, the, the goal is to make these make the consumers happy, make consumers, you know, validate their choice, um, make so that they loved your product, loved the interaction and, you know, want to continue and make loyal advocates and come back. And so, you know, you, you don't really, you, you don't really get that in the product world. You don't really get that in the sales world on the branding world. You can see these, you know, these ideas come to life and you can see it kind of play out in market. So that that's what really, um, you know, kind of I gravitated towards um, to be part of the the team kind of telling the story and and trying to, you know, create messages that are memorable. Yeah, that well, that kind of you know, I feel like starts to answer what you know the follow up is, and, and kind of giving that overview on what branding is like. What if someone asked you, they came up to you and um, you know, just want to know, like tell tell me what branding is, an overview on the branding world. I feel like a lot of people, you know, they see branding, the first thing that comes to mind is a logo, right? So or or the that initial touch point, that presentation of of a brand. Um, so how would how would you kind of describe the the you know the the hidden parts of this business? Yeah, a logo is certainly part of it, but it's not the whole story, right? And I think, you know, the your brand is arguably one of your most important assets. Um, you know, and I'm not just saying that because I'm the brand guy, um, but it, <laughs> yeah. 
It gives your business, your product, it gives your brand or or your organization really an identity or a personality. Um, It's kind of, it's the foundation that you really, um, it's that foundation with your consumers, right? It it, it tells them who you are, what you stand for, and and what are your values. Uh, I think someone, I don't know who coined the phrase or the quote, but um, it's really stuck out to me. your brand, it represents the promise to your customers, but also to yourself. No, I love that. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of gets to the work we've been doing, right, um, over the past couple of years internally and I know with members as well. Um, before we dive into that a little bit deeper, what, you know, if you know, there's some iconic ones out there, right? Like people think of a strong brand. They, they think of some of the big names and whether it's retail or technology you know you could think of every every category we touch there's there's some pretty iconic and strong brands out there there's one behind you i I feel like he's almost a brand right you know if you're watching the video version of this mr ali um (laughs) but you know what in your mind what constitutes that strong brand Ooh, that's a great question i mean i think ultimately it's got to evoke some sort of feeling or emotion um you know when consumers look at a brand there's 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 an old saying, um, and I think it's more in the academic world, but, you know, the brand organization has kind of stole it. Like your brand can either be a window or a mirror. Have you heard this concept? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, so, so like for a mirror, right, consumers yeah. look at your brand, they see themselves. Right. The reflection of their core beliefs, who they are, and they make this immediate connection with, with you, right? And so powerful brands, you know, are, are the embodiment of some of their customers, right? You know, on the flip side of that, you know, the, the analogy of the brand could be a window, you know, windows, you, you, you gaze out, you kind of see an aspiration or you see what you aspire to be, you see some sort of like bigger picture or a different way of doing something. And so, you know, consumers of brands kind of look at these, you know, aspirational luxury brands and they're like, oh man, I, I want to be a part of that. Or th- they look at a B2B organization like Nationwide of like, oh man, some of my peers that are utilizing some of these services, like they are who we want to be. Like we, you know, we certainly, you know, have members that are like can learn from our other membership. And so, you know, you know, brand could be a window where you look at and see, oh man, I, I need to be a part of that because that will make my organization better. Um, and, you know, from a consumer standpoint, same thing. Oh, if I, if I buy this golf ball, I can be better. If I buy this car, I can, you know, you know, fit in like it's it's an aspirational side yeah it was like the those adidas stripes on the shoes that you know if i wore them they i ran faster right mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it's all about well more recently just i, I think too one of the the first thing that comes to mind the, the way you're talking is like an apple right you know apple is a brand and is it is it possible to do both like can a can a brand evoke sort of that that mirror and be a window like into what you want to be as opposed to who you are yeah, I certainly think so. And, and a lot of that, right, anytime you have a brand with multiple different product services and solutions, right, you can have some of the the brand, the core brand promise, the, the core fundamental of the brand, you know, you see yourself in, but then the output of some of the products and services can can be aspirational to, to a, a piece, right? Now, you know, nobody sits down in a, in a brand strategy and says, oh, do we want to be a, do we want to be a, a mirror? Or do we want to be a window? Those are just, you know, it was an interesting analogy that I've, I've heard on how to look at a brand. I think either way, whether you're a, a window or a mirror, you know, ultimately in either of those scenarios, you're trying to make an emotional connection with the member or 
you know, members for us, but emotional connection with the shopper, um, which is very important. And we know that the more significant the decision is on the customer, like, you know, financial decision or, you know, whatever that is, the more important that decision is, the more important that emotional connection is. Um, and the more the customer wants to know about you and your brand to make sure that they, you know, are, are validated by choosing you. Right. Oh, and it's, I mean, it brings up an interesting point. Like a brand can come to life in so many ways. Um, you know, it's, you mentioned some of the the thing, like the, the messaging, the, obviously the, the look and presentation, um, you know, commercials, website, like there's so many as- aspects of a brand and, and it's kind of interesting to see sort of, you know, I, again, just for, I think, you know, my own sake and interest in tech, it, it's like an Apple and kind of watching that evolve too, right? Like a, a brand is constantly evolving and um, seeing a, a company like that where, you know, that those super early days and, and the Steve Jobs movies out there, I think do a really cool job of displaying that, right? Like going from a company of essentially nerds, right? <laughs> a bunch of tech nerds uh, building building computers in a in a garage to... You know, that 1980, that iconic commercial uh, of sort of building that brand and then watching sort of what it's become. And it's like an aspirational piece. It's a community. It, it sort of yeah. builds that sense. And um, it's unique. Yeah, Apple. And I mean, we, we one example, know. right? But yeah, I do appreciate Apple. And, you know, Apple is a very strong brand. And I think what makes Apple, you know, one of the strongest brands is the authenticity, right? They, 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 they show up authentic every single time. And I think, you know, you asked earlier, what makes a strong brand for me, authenticity is that, and you know, you, you can't, you can't make a living out of selling lies, right? It, it could work for a little bit. It could work for one product. Like if Apple launched their first phone and it was horrible, like consumers now want to go out and find other things. Right. right. So once a consumer purchases your product or uses your service, for them, the, the question is fairly simple. Like, did the expectations and the experience uh, that I had going into it, you know, did it match, right? And, and if it doesn't match, like you're done, right? Like, you, you know, yeah. it's hard to rebuild that trust. It's hard to go back and 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 find those shoppers again and, and have them give you another chance. On the other hand, if it matches, right? The, the, the expectations I had on, you know, the first Apple product, the expectations I had on, you know, different golf club, if it, if it matches, you, you, you know, you validate that like, Hey, this was a good choice. This is, you should have bought from us and you start building that trust. And, you know, if you can find ways to surprise and delight them and kind of deliver over and above, you, you start to really create those loyalty and advocates. And that's what strong brands do really, really well. And they yeah. do it day in, day out. Oh, that's awesome. And enough about Apple too. And as an <laughs> Apple fanboy, it's, it's, we can cut it there because we got a lot to talk about some of the work we've done as well. Um, you know, that I think is, uh, it's exciting to kind of have been a part of and, and see things come to life. It, like, you know, I'm so used to, you know, using words to, you know, tell a story and, and whatnot, but to, you know, never thought about it from like that branding perspective. So this past year has been, I think, really cool. And, um, you know, to be able to see that come to life in various forms. And one way, you know, the CI team, for those that don't know, our custom integration brands here at Nationwide, um, we got a new one. We've got a recently rebranded one and uh, another one out there that, you know, we're trying to support as well. So um, talk about that, like the impact of that is sort of what what we've done. I'll, I'll let you give kind of the overview at first if you want, and then 
then we can kind of dive into just sort of the impact that it's had and and you know what it means going forward. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's it's been a very exciting time. Usually, you know, in in I think my back of my 12 and a half, 13 year brand career at Whirlpool, you know, big consumer company, lots of lots of product development. You know, there's there's very, very few times, I think two, that like we launched a new brand, like new to the world brand, right? You launch products all the time. But um, you know, so it's exciting in the brand world when you get to launch new, new, new brands and and, and new go to market and kind of start from scratch. And so, you know, it's been an exciting time as as you mentioned the last, you know, year. And so with you know migrating HTS into Oasis, you get to go a complete new brand refresh. You get to you know kind of revisit the value proposition that you provide to the members, and you get to you know go through with logos, designs, creative, and really start the foundation to tell those stories. Um, and you know a brand refresh is one thing, but launching a brand from start to finish and, and building it from scratch is another. And so that's what we've done with you know Ellipsis, the commercial side of the integration. And you know it's it's great working with you know Andy Orozco and Chris on that team, and you know really you know starting from scratch and saying, hey, what do we want to deliver for the consumers? What do we want to deliver you know for your main target audience? And then like, you know, you, you start to build these messages, you start to build the pillars, you start to then, you know, transition that and bring it to life. And it's, it's super, it's super exciting. Um, you know, you don't, you don't get to do it very often. So no. And I mean, kind of geek out on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool too, because the teams did right. Like they got all into it and watch how the excited, you know, Hank gets and Chris gets as they see these logos and, and potential names come together and, and just, you know, the different, um, treatments of colors like it's all it's kind of get it them giving them the opportunity to get in the weeds with it as well because you know it's important to them it's it's like their baby right they're they're watching it come to life and um they know the importance of it and you know some days are maybe a little more challenging for them than others with with certain aspects of it but when they see that finished product and and kind of what they're able to do with it today you know a few months out from having the launch or having the refresh, um, it, it's kind of validation, right? That, that they did it right, that they, you know, went through a process and, and saw it all come together. And, um, now it's like, you're, you're letting it leave the nest and fly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy, but, um, we'll talk about the, um, the impact of it, right? Like we, we see the impact internally on like what they're able to do, but, um, for the members out there, you know, they, HTSN to Oasis might be a name to them, but what what at the end of the day is really the the impact that they're able to see or or sort of get out of this? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the you know Nationwide Marketing Group has always been a member focused company, right? Our, our promise is helping our members thrive on their own terms. The, all of our members have all different recipes for success, and there might be a common ingredient here and there. But you know, as an organization, we need to meet them where they're at with a solution that that helps their business. And so all of our brands, either organizations like Oasis or Lipsis or Nationwide, or our branded products like Prime Metrics come from a specific need of the membership. And so the easy question of, you know, how does it help our members? Like that should be pretty clear. Like they have a need, we have to find a solution that helps them. But obviously, you know, it, it's not that simple because our members wear many, many hats, as you know, within the business. You know, kind of often strapped for time. So as we build out these brands and the messaging, we can have the we can have the greatest products um, in the world, and you know, 
Chris and Hank and the teams, they could, they could, they could have everything there, but if we can't connect with, you know, this target audience quickly and talk about what is our brand about, what should it matter to them? How would things be different with an Oasis or Ellipsis versus where they're at today and what they could expect to gain from it? Like, if we can't nail that, like, you know, we're in trouble. And so the impact that the brand has is like, we got to find a way to do that. We got to quickly connect with, you know, that target audience at the right time, articulate our value equation in the words that a, that a member would, you know, um, like quickly understand and gravitate towards. And really it comes down for, for our members and, and like a, you know, human resource constraint time is like, can they benefit from it by us helping them save time, money, or some sort of, you know, providing margin or revenue growth? Right. Um, and so, like, you can solve that for our member, but we also have to solve it for our internal sales team, right? right. That's another piece of this. you got to arm them with these messages at, at the right time so they can go out and carry the torch and sell it and do the work, right? I mean, you said you kind of lets the bird fly out of the nest, but we have to stay close to them on the, the messaging and communication strategy. So we're learning both ways, right? It's a yeah. kind of a, a two-sided funnel is, um, you know, they have an incredibly difficult job and thankfully they're the absolute best in the industry. Like our sales team, whether it's nationwide, Ellipsis, Oasis, Ozio, like absolute best in the industry. And I say that, you know, coming from my 12 years at, at Whirlpool, dealing with all of the, you know, the retail business and, you know, they're great but they also have a hundred plus solutions that they got to quickly yeah. map what condition might solve versus what this member specific needs and then understand enough to carry that, that forward. And so that's where, you know, from, from your side, the comm side, you know, and, and the message strategy and, you know, driving and, you know, AB testing messages is, is where, you know, we really kind of make our hay and continue to build this, you know, after the, after the birds flying out of the nest. <laughs> well, it comes home too, right? It, it needs to get needs to come home and get that food. But uh, no, the uh, it it also goes to show too that it, messages can evolve over time. So even though it, it's a uh, those were projects that we saw through to completion, it's it's not a set it and forget it. Like these these brands are um, constantly evolving. Needs are constantly evolving. So uh, talk about that a little bit too. Like what's it what it's like to because um, I, I think. You know, even looking internally at the rest of Nationwide beyond just the CI side of things, we know there's always work going on on the branding side and, and kind of what's happening. So um, that constant evaluation, like what's that like to to reevaluate sort of where we are from the branding side of things to make sure we're going to market with that right message? Yeah, I mean, it's first, like it's always a good time to have this introspective look and you know, look, work on your brand, you know, times certainly change, customer behavior changes um, and technology changes, you know, sometimes super quick. And so we, you always have to map out, you know, from a brand standpoint, like who are we and what do we do? And is that still relevant today? Um, as we, you know, acquire businesses or you, or you develop new products, you got to make sure that, you know, the products that you're developing kind of marry up to the broader organization and kind of, and what we stand for. And, you know, that's true no matter what. Um, and, you know, brands are an important piece of that all the time, you know, but, you know, in today's market, it, it's, it's, it's even more important, you know, as things get competitive, 
you know, the, the trust relationship and the emotions and that connection that you make between your products and services and your brand with what they need is, is, is super, you know, it's, it's more important in a competitive time than it is, you know, say when, when times are great and consumer confidence is up. Yeah. And it kind of, I think, mashes, meshes, meshes, you know, with what we've said in the past about, you know, marketing, right? From a branding and marketing, or they kind of go hand in hand, right? Um, you know, that, just because uh, I know things were easy coming out of COVID, right? Like every foot traffic was up, sales skyrocketed. And it, it was like during those times, we were, we were also sending that message to our members, right? Don't forget about your market. Like it's going to, there's going to be a time where it's going to either slow down or, you know, it, it'll become more challenging than it seems like it is today. And I, I think it's kind of that constant ebb and flow of this industry, right? The retail industry. So not a, an uncommon refrain for a retailer to hear, but, um, one that they need to hear because you got to keep working on it because you can't, you know, rest on your laurels, every other cliche that's out there along those lines. Right. I love that. So let's talk about that a little more. Right. Let's rewind to COVID. Not that anybody wants to relive COVID, (laughs) but you know, we, we had, you know, most of our categories that we sell are long lead item times, you know, refrigerator, you buy every seven years, bed, furniture, you know, et cetera. And so you, you had an entire customer base that couldn't travel they're, they're sitting on cash. They're spending more time at their homes, putting more wear and tear on the things in their homes. And, you know, hey, well, if I got to be home every day, let me let me you know fix my house, do a remodel, like buy new things. And so consumer demand for products in the home were at extraordinary levels. Right. At the same time, what, what was happening to supply? Right. <laughs> it, it, it was Isn't way down. crushed <laughs> covid closures at factories people weren't working they were taking you know uh-huh. government handouts to sit at home there were chip shortages people shortages i mean it was wild and so you had like demand way up supply was way down if you were fortunate to be sitting on inventory you could sell it almost whatever price you wanted and you really didn't have to market very hard other than yep. like hate in stock right? Because consumers didn't have a choice. It was like, I got to go buy this. I'm going to buy it wherever I can get it. Right. Now, you know, fast forward today, like the pendulum swinging in the other direction and supplies coming back, but, you know, demand is now slowing down and, you know, demand's down, supplies up, consumers have choice, right? And now they have choice and they have these economic pressures and going back to, you know, what we said earlier, like, when there's choice and you know economic pressures, like it's more significant the impact of 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 what they're buying, mm-hmm. and 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 then that means the emotional side of the connection between the product service or the brand is more important as part of that consumer journey. Um, and so, if they can find the products at multiple locations, but you've established this emotional connection with them, they they see a reflection of themselves in you. They you know want to support local. They you know, want to aspire to, you know, have a product service that you have, like they're more likely to purchase from you. So, you know, it kind of comes full cycle and when competitions increased, like, so is the important of meeting those expectations and surprising and dilating them. And therefore like your brand is more important today than it, you know, potentially could have been a couple of years ago when consumers didn't have that choice. No, that's awesome. I, and it, it just, again, raises the importance of this space and, and kind of the, um, the work of a brand team, right? So to be able to develop that connection. And um, you know, I, I think so much of what we talk, when we talk to independent retailers and our members, it's, it is those connections. Like we're, we're, I feel like we're talking about branding without really having talked about branding in the past, like having that, um, 
being that go-to resource, there's there's a reason you're the, that go-to resource. It's because of a relationship you developed, but that relationship you've developed had to start somewhere, and it, it comes with that person meeting your brand. And, you know, again, another way it comes to life, the individual, <laughs> you represent that brand, right? Yes. So, they're, they're, yeah. again, just another layer to kind of what what the brand really entails. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, talk earlier, like your brand, um, you know, it says who you are, but also, you know, your employees and, you know, for, for our membership, their first touch point often, you know, to our brand is our sales team. And, you know, so it's very important for them, you know, to be an embodiment of, you know, the brand and the organization that, that they're part of. And again, like they do a phenomenal job out in the field, carrying that torch, both, you know, from a brand standpoint, from a culture standpoint, but also from like a industry knowledge of product services and solutions and what our brand can help our members do really. Cause you know, we're like the members are the hero in the story. Like we're just here to help and support. And, you know, like I said, launch products that meet a need that they have. Right. And, and leverage our, you know, scale and leverage the fact that we can look across, you know, you know our entire membership and, and find, you know, solutions that might work for like size or like-minded retailers in the organization. We couldn't do that without our sales team. No, they're, they are incredible. And they got a, they got a lot to, uh, you know, go out there. You said it, the, so many different areas. So to be able to have sort of a, um, refined message that, that they can, you know, go to a, a, one of our members with, or understand what that member's needs are, and then turn it around and look internal. It's, they got a tough job, uh, you know, the, you know, they, they really do, but, uh, they do it well. So, no, this was awesome. I, I, a fun, you know, opportunity to dive into, um, you know, we dive into it every day, but to kind of let other people dive into the, what we're doing and, um, watch it come to life in the form of, uh, the first ever Dos Rabos podcast. Next time we will go to Cabo. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Hey man, this was, uh, when you get the residuals, we're going to go to Cabo, uh, get some sponsorships. We got some sponsorship dollars. I'm sure somewhere out there floating that we could get us a, 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 you know, chartered flight to Cabo. (laughs) Oh man. No, this was cool. So I appreciate the, uh, the time and, um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly, I feel like we could, slice up branding a whole bunch more than we already did. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I, I to go down the rabbit holes of the branding world. I, I, I love it. It's just excited that other people can geek out with me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And thanks again to Rob, you know, again, uh, taking the time and being able to sit down and chat with us about the work that we're we're doing as a brand and, and communications team and um, the the importance of building that strong brand, right? Uh, something that I think might get overlooked by a lot of people who just take their brand. They, they might not think about it from that brand perspective, but take who they are as a brand for granted and, and sort of the work that can really go behind making, uh, being purposeful about your brand. Um, so an awesome opportunity to dive into that and share that story. So we appreciate it. Uh, appreciate Rob doing that and as always appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast and we'll catch you next time.